Hello and welcome to Two Bald Men and Friend, the show where we talk about issues and ideas using pop culture as the springboard. I'm your host, Joe, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. Bonjour! And today we're joined by our friend, Jonathan. Hello. Today we're discussing ratatouille and food debates. So spoiler alert for ratatouille. Sit back, relax, or if you're driving, please sit upright and continue to drive vigilantly. Jonathan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. We know you're uh, you're dealing with a, an injury right now, so we appreciate you playing through, you know? Thanks, man. It's also the only time I have free time. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Jonathan is my one out of two brothers. My whole life? No, that's not no, true. Yeah. No, it's my whole life. Mm-hmm. Not your whole life. That's what I said. All right. <laughs> Uh, so, Jonathan, tell us a little bit more about uh, what's been going on. Why do you have all this free time? Oh, I got uh, knee surgery. I tore my ACL about six years ago, and uh, I didn't get it taken care of. So uh, last year, I uh, started going to the doctor, telling them I needed to get surgery, and then I finally got it this year. So you were just walking around with a torn ACL for six years? Five years, six years, Oh, yes. my God. Not walking around. Not just walking uh, around. He's been running... He's been playing soccer. We went to Zion National Park. We went to Zion National. He he's been living his life just making it worse for the last five six cautiously, years. Cautiously, very cautiously. Cautious. Okay. I do hold back. So what what happened initially? Like if you, uh, I I had a uh, soccer game. I was playing in the Sunday league, and uh, it was the second half of the game. We were already warmed up, and I just got juked out, and uh, heard a pop, heard some stuff go on, and I just fell on the ground. But, like, did you get a brace? Like, did did you do anything oh, to take after, care of it? Or? Uh, I, uh, we went to a shaman. He grabbed my knee and grabbed my ankle and kind of went pop, pop. Okay. And then he was going to keep doing work on it, but apparently I was I was too loud. And uh, we were just kind of like, hey, he's like, come back tomorrow and then I'll work on it. Okay. And then I did come back the next day and then he was like, you're kind of a bitch and I can't work <laughs> on you. So, uh... I don't know what to tell you. Damn. Yeah. So he worked on me for like 15 minutes. I'm like, dude, this shit hurts way too much. And he's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I can't, I can't do what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no offers of like, nah, this is a sedation. very, sedation. very, I, was, I kept not saying seduction. Cause I was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> but maybe if you did seduce me, it yeah. hurt, hurt a lot less, but, uh, sedation. Got it. I just got to get it into my brain again. <laughs> no, this was completely unofficial shit. Yeah. Well, since he stopped working on you, you should call him out right here, right now. Get him like in name. prison. Oh, mm. bummer. <laughs> But I know he's listening. <laughs> he's definitely listening. Um, so, Jonathan, what do you do for a living? I work at a country club as a sous chef. So, yeah. according to Ratatouille, a sous chef, you're like you're like second in command. Is that Technic- is that accurate? Technically, I'm third because there's another sous chef before me. Okay. But uh, I'd like to think. <laughs> I carry more weight than him. Yeah. But, uh, I believe it, too. Yeah, I think that as well. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Makes me feel good. Um, so what kind of responsibilities do you have in the kitchen? Like when I became sous chef or when I started cooking? Um, tell us your whole story. Let's say I dropped out of college three times, and then uh, I knew I was trying to go to school again, so I needed a regular job that would pay me. 
So I literally walked into this country club, said I needed a job doing whatever. And he's like, okay. So he gave the form to my boss now, which is the executive chef there. And uh, within 24 hours, I think I was working there. Um, and then I started at the pool house, which is more fried food and stuff. Uh, in the fall, in the summer, and then in the fall, I told them that uh, I still needed a job and that I, w I wanted to pursue, not necessarily a career, but I wanted to learn more so that I could stay here and uh, work because I was still going to school for graphic design. And uh, yeah, eventually it was like, why am I going to school if I'm working here full time anyway? And I hate school. So yeah, school kind of sucks. Yeah. And it was funny because I was already pulling 40 plus hours at the country club oh, yeah. doing school. And I was still on like, uh, I guess, technically part time hours and shit. So I didn't have like my benefits and stuff. So, uh, yeah, getting getting in there full time definitely helped me get all my benefits and led up to like the time that I actually uh, hurt my knee. That's why I went to the shaman because I didn't yeah. have insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. That makes sense. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on for this Ratatouille episode is because you have those behind-the-scenes experiences that I hope can be incorporated in today's discussion. So right. before we get started, can you give us just a quick synopsis of Ratatouille? The Ratatouille synopsis, there's a lot of characters. Uh, Ratatouille is obviously the main character. He is a rat. He is... Remy's the main character. You're, you're thinking of Ratatouille's monster. <laughs> I'm thinking Ratatouille's his name. Remy is his yeah, name. Ratatouille is, name. is not his name. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, let me try again here. Um, Ratatouille is about a rat that likes to cook, and the only way he has the opportunity to cook is to control a human in a restaurant. Nice. Nailed I'd love it. to hear someone pitch that in a uh, studio <laughs> like all right hear me out why would they want to hear more <laughs> they wouldn't need to rats are so dirty yeah i do i am wondering how this movie came to be like do you think they thought of the name ratatouille and then worked backwards or do you think they said like what what's dirty and shouldn't be in the kitchen <laughs> right 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 yeah. a Maybe. rat okay now right, what's like a against meal all odds. <laughs> Yeah, like in against yeah. all odds type of type of situation. Um, I will say that I'm upset you didn't say hijinks and Sue mm. because in in this movie, out of all of the ones we've <laughs> reviewed, hijinks a hundred percent ensue. But that's okay. Um, I'll say that as an audience member, I felt kind of bleh about the movie. Uh, I'll give it three stars because there were a lot of moments where I was laughing. But there were also a lot of moments where I was yelling at the movie. I was like, what are you doing? You should go in this direction. Like, we're going to, I'm going to have a lot of ideas for how to make this movie better. Hmm. First off, Remy's real name should be Ratatouille. <laughs> should be Ratatouille. <laughs> or Ratatouille's monster. Yeah. <laughs> um, as an audience member, I'm going to give it a four because I really enjoyed this movie. I think, like, visually, it's just very warm and like makes me feel good when I watch it, and so it still uh, has that nice animation feel where it's not 3D and mm -hmm. it's still 2D, like The Lion King, Aladdin, and all that stuff. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and I, I'm I can agree to some extent, like 
the criticisms that we sort of already started talking about. But I really enjoy this movie. I think it's higher up on my list of the Pixars. So I'm going to give it four stars. Um, I, I did find myself yawning a little bit, kind of kind of waiting for the, the story to continue because I believe maybe in the beginning it's a little too obvious on what's going to happen. So it's like, all right, we can pick it up. <laughs> now, I will say something I didn't expect to happen was that old lady get a shotgun that was and big, try yeah. to kill rats <laughs> yeah. with a shotgun. In her own house. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, this will show you. She's got a, yeah, she's got quite quite a few repairs to do after yeah. that. Um, now, it, to get even more controversial, as a critic, I'm going to give Ratatouille one star. One star. To be fair, these stars are arbitrary based on my <laughs> mood while I'm watching it, my mood while I'm recording, and I'm sure Ratatouille is above other things that are two and three stars in other days. But for today, it's one star, and the biggest thing is a complaint that I think you, Joe, often have is you see a lot of potential and it's missed. And I was pretty upset about all of the missed potential. Yeah, you know, I, I was really shocked when you said one star, but, you know, I I live by the lost potential sword, and so I'm going to die by the lost potential <laughs> sword, so I get it. Um, but I'm going to keep it at a four, I think. Wow. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's just, I'm, I'm really racking my brain for, like, knocks against the movie, but the sort of plot elements that I know we're going to get into... Um, the movie at least distracts me. Like, even though I can accept, like, it yeah... It entertained the, you to, to a certain extent, right? Yeah, exactly. There's there's definitely lulls where I'm like, okay, I feel like nothing's happening. Did you, did you go on your phone while you were watching the, the movie? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like Ego, the critic, at the end of the movie, when he's tasting the ratatouille, like, ah, calming, like, I feel at home. His name's Nico? Yeah. Ego. His name's Ego? Yeah. I thought it was Nico. No. I thought his name was Ratatouille. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, f I feel just like that. I, I watch Ratatouille, and then I get a flashback of me as a child watching Ratatouille, <laughs> and it's just this endless loop, and I, then I get knocked out of it once Disney Plus promotes the next movie that it's going to play. Got it. Um, as a critic, I, would, I, would, I guess I'd keep it at, at a three. Um... I don't know if we're supposed to consider it's a kids movie and kids are supposed to be watching it. So I don't know how, how uh, you know. I mean, kids movies can get deep. You got Lion King, you know, makes you cry. You know, Ratatouille didn't have but not all of us. You know, it didn't get as deep to, for me. You know what I mean? As uh, as emotional as it really could have, because um, I guess they were trying to show how passionate he was but I don't know it didn't really translate as as hard as they could yeah I, th I think there are movies where I recognize it's a kids movie and I give it the benefit of the doubt when I watched Abominable in theaters um, I was like oh yeah like this yeah, is a know kids where you movie. are. Yeah, because yeah. because yeah. before that I had just watched like uh, Toy Story four, mm -hmm. and so that was made so directly for me as the audience member that I was like surprised that this wasn't. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then I, I I took a step back and I was like, it was fun for for what it was. Mm -hmm. But Ratatouille, 
I don't know, man. I don't know. But I, I want to get into what I like about it before I start criticizing yeah. it. Um, I'm a big fan of the animation itself. Mm-hmm. Remy the Rat is, like, cute. Um, and he has, like, the, the tiny gestures of, like, shrugging and, like, nodding and shaking his head. The eyebrows. Yeah, the eyebrows. Like, I think it's so much fun to see mm-hmm. a human try to communicate with the rat with, like, the tiniest gestures communicating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love when Linguini, like, first realizes that Remy understands English and he's like, have you been nodding? And he's like, starts nodding. <laughs> and then he's like, you can cook? And he's just kind of like, oh, you know, like, I don't, I, I try, but. Um, and, and I'm also a big fan of the whole don't let your family hold you back. Um, I was excited that the family came around, mm-hmm. but. Eventually. Yeah, eventually. But know that in your story, if you feel like your family is holding you back, that doesn't mean that they'll come around eventually. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll just stay where they are and you have to move on ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of was getting into this, um, and this is going back a little bit to the animation, but just. There's like a softness and warmth to this movie when I watch it. Like there, like there's a lot of like I feel warm colors used. It really just makes me feel cozy. I don't know what it is, but like just, just the way it looks, I, th- I think is is really really great. Maybe you should go to France. Maybe that's what France looks like. Maybe. Um, do you get? Have you guys watched uh, SNL recently? No. So RuPaul was the host a couple episodes ago. And apparently reading in, like, drag vernacular means, like, to roast somebody. So RuPaul goes in and is like, I'm going to teach you kids how to read. And then it's revealed he's, like, teaching them how to, like, give insults. And so he he picks up, he's like, all right, the first book we're going to read, Madeline. And he holds it up. I did see that clip. I had no idea what was going on. And so... The cover of Madeline is the Eiffel Tower and people walking towards it, and there's a bunch of, like, trees lining the way, and it's like, whoever this author is, never been to Paris trying to convince you. <laughs> Where do you think the Eiffel Tower is? Like, <laughs> Not in the middle of a city? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's fun. I like yeah. that premise. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, maybe I should go to Paris, I guess. Is it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's I, there's an idealism instilled in the in the movie as there is in like every movies how like everything's mm-hmm. perfectly placed and all that stuff but yeah they definitely did capture the uh what's it called like the air in in france the uh, energy in france how people like to dine how at the mm-hmm. beginning what is it what do they say about like if you want to eat good food Oh, it's like the best. Start in France. Yeah, the best food in the, the world is made in food France. Is in Paris, mm-hmm. and then the best food in Paris is here. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's definitely um, the attitude of every chef out there that has made it, mm-hmm. wants to make it. That's definitely the attitude that uh, they have and they have to have in order to make it in that industry. Mm-hmm. I like that part about it. Um, Remy was definitely. You see, that's the thing. It's like he was aggressive about his goals, but it didn't feel so aggressive when he did it, when you saw him do it. Mm-hmm. He was kind of just going about it. But, uh, but yeah, the energy was definitely there. Um, I'm going to jump to one complaint that I felt was interesting because they didn't explore it. Remy was like master chef. 
he used his intuition and feeling and I guess he he also used his sense like he made sure to mm-hmm. taste and smell to determine what goes in it but I think they didn't explore this idea that Linguini brought up once which was hey Colette is a chef too like she knows what she's doing mm-hmm. and Remy is just like no I know better yeah <laughs> and he consistently knew better yeah the and, whole time yeah and the like <sighs> I was frustrated yeah. because Colette also had like a speech of like I worked my ass off to get where I am mm-hmm. in this sexist uh, culture of behind the scenes like chefing world like I got here because I'm tough and because I'm good but Remy was better mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then Colette had a flaw of she follows the directions too strictly mm-hmm. like she's got to feel it sometimes right. but they didn't explore either of those directions mm-hmm. those were just two sentences that were said and then the movie just kept going yeah mm-hmm. it was very much um, Odyssey like you know uh, Remy is Odysseus and he's on his trip and mm-hmm. whatever happens is supposed to happen because he's he's the man you know, I guess uh, it's an interesting like Remy gets egotistical because maybe he's seeing Linguini's success as his success. And that's sort of, you know, why they break up is because he's like, you're not giving me the credit. He's not getting mm-hmm. the recognition. Right. Which like, obviously, Remy, obviously he's not doing that. <laughs> but um, you're a rat. So I could like if Linguini was like, Colette, I don't have to listen to you because I'm the best chef people would be like, oh, you know, it's, it went to his head. Like, right. Linguini, that makes sense. But I think since there's this, like, literal middleman of Linguini, we don't see Remy as getting like, no, I'm the chef. I'm the I'm the best guy. That's why I don't need to listen to who Colette is. But I think that might be it. It might be, like, him getting a little too big for his tiny little rat britches. I think they were approaching that theme... Mm-hmm. But it didn't pay off. <laughs> that's also true. Yeah, yeah they the just kind of drop it. <laughs> what? His fame is getting to him. He thinks he's the best. Who, Linguini or, or Remy? Uh, Remy. But you don't think it, it does? Because I think it does. I don't think it pays off because he's because... literally the best. Like, he still stops people from do it, from cooking the way they but, want but to. But he had, he had the restaurant uh, closed. Remy had the restaurant closed after he got upset and, that, and opened up the the kitchen for all his for, for all his family i mean in terms of his attitude towards his cooking he he never oh, he was never he was never, he was never su- knocked back down <laughs> right, right. Right, right he still is the best chef mm-hmm. the only thing he w- that was revealed to him and that knocked him down was oh yeah i'm a rat i'll never get the recognition i deserve uh, but still okay. it's recognition he deserves well i think he i think he starts off against the sentiment of anyone can cook and then learns, like, uh, but then it's sort of like, well, I can cook even though I'm a rat. Not like, yeah, anyone can cook. But yeah. yeah. I, I Maybe s- Remy's just an asshole. Maybe that's all. It- <laughs> There's a chance. There's a slim that's probably chance. It. If yeah. we're talking about uh, anyone can cook, mm-hmm. <sighs> I see, I'm jumping towards how I want to make the movie better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go right into it. I think we've already got, like, a real freeform. Uh, <laughs> okay. As soon as the movie started, I had already known the premise of uh, a rat is going to pull this guy's hair just because of... I've never seen 
the movie until like a few days ago. Really? Yeah, this was oh, the I didn't first know time that. I saw oh, it. Oh, okay. So there's that n- all... no nostalgia to this. Okay, movie. that also explains it because I've seen this movie. I had seen like, it like, pretty maybe so... once or twice, but never impressed me. So when I saw the movie and I started hearing the themes of anyone can cook, I could have sworn that Remy like was going to get a chance because he's a rat, but also there was going to get to a point where Linguini would have to cook without Remy. Mm-hmm. And it would continue and right. pay it forward of anyone can cook. Linguini ended up being the owner of the restaurant, and he waited the tables at that restaurant. Which I think is a really cool concept in and of its own where he's humble enough to know like what he's good at and things like that. But it it didn't push along the anyone can cook thing. He was like bad at cooking. But did Linguini want to cook? If I were to remake this movie, yes. He <laughs> he would want to cook. Right. But in this movie, no, he it didn't seemed, care. Right. Since the first since the beginning he was already he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know how to ask for the job, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, you're right. So I don't know, man. Can anyone cook? I think if you want to cook, you can cook. I think that's that's what they should have said. Yeah. Because he said anybody can cook. <laughs> yeah. And I do think that's what they mean. That right? That's like, what they mean, yeah. but that's not what they said. Um we talked a little <laughs> bit about things not paying off, or specifically how I felt things weren't paying off. Uh, the chef Skinner had this whole subplot of I'm going to exploit Gusto's name and produce uh, frozen sauces or frozen meals or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, that was already his second endeavor because he already had the sauces. The sauces was one, and then the frozen foods was his oh, second. Yeah. It was oh, his, him going it. Yeah. into it even more, branding Gusto. So that he can get into the frozen food section. Right. So he's sort of like um, right. selling Gusto out. Yes. Right? 100%. I feel like if you're going to follow that... could that... have been the whole movie right there, too. Yeah. I you know, th- trying I... to bring down Skinner, trying to, trying to make him fall or whatever, or ruin his business meetings or whatever. I think, I think Skinner was Oedipus because, uh, boy, he makes himself fail. <laughs> he gets himself, he gets in his own yeah. way so hard. I think that's uh, something a lot of, uh, I'll say kids' movies, but I think there's a, like, a lot of movies have this issue. But Skinner is, like, pretty unnecessary, it like the adversity is a, a rat is controlling a man as a puppet to cook, like that's enough. Like you don't need right. a you don't need a bad guy. You it's like guy it's like why are, why are there bullies in it? Like the clown is already the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but if we want to push that theme, I think they could have balanced it out with like fresh food is very important, mm-hmm. and then like Skinner starts pushing towards frozen food or like um make sure like food is for taste it's not about making money and then skinner is exploiting and trying to make money off the recipes like if I, there was that balance i, I like that plot more i think it they were going for more of the like how colette strictly follows the rules and remy's like no you just kind of got to like feel with it and then skinner is um you know kind of like monetizing and like corporatizing food rather than like 
you know, doing it because he loves it. Um, but I will also admit that I, I think I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting for the movie. <laughs> so that's also. Yeah. Did Skinner love to cook or was he in it for the money? I guess that could have been explored. Mm-hmm. Right. And Skinner was there from the beginning, though, too. Yeah. He, he was uh, Gusto's understudy the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah. So So maybe knows? maybe there's going to be a prequel about Skinner's, like, uh, Breaking Bad, basically. Yeah. How, how he got to the point of caring more about money. When mm-hmm. he became evil. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm into this. I'm into it's this. It's time to cook. They could say that in the prequel, and it's just like Breaking Bad. Yes. <laughs> it's perfect. It is perfect. I don't think Disney can uh, sponsor this project. Um, no, they make is Zootopia Disney. Mm-hmm. They make a Breaking Bad reference in Zootopia. Really? Yeah. yeah. If yeah. that's if one is enough, then... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, enough. Um, that does remind me, and this is like a huge, huge tangent. Uh, so I've been listening to this podcast uh, where I'll spare the details, but basically someone starts riding an animal and they're like so in sort of a reverse ratatouille i start like pulling the hairs to control them (laughs) and everyone goes that's just a person riding an animal that's not a reverse ratatouille (laughs) and so then they just start saying like like if you see a person riding a horse are you like that's a reverse ratatouille (laughs) And I, I hope he does. Just that concept to me, like <laughs> maybe that was the pitch. Yeah. All right. Ratatouille makes me think of rat. All right. What's the weirdest thing? Imagine a rat rode a man like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it again. <laughs> if I were to remake this movie, okay. they would they would work together. Uh, Linguini doesn't realize that he's learning to cook. How do they communicate? Um. He, uh, Linguini asks yes or no questions, and Remy says yes or no, and they use their mm. the the hand motions to determine where he's going or whatever. But Linguini is doing the final step, and then if like he's pouring too much, then Remy stops him like that. Okay. Rather than rather than Remy does all of it. Very and hung then, up on having. Wait, Linguini no, hold on, learn. let me finish my pitch. Okay. <laughs> and then as the movie goes on, Linguini does not realize that he's learning. Like there's a huge theme where Linguini is certain that he's just unteachable. And then Remy gets hurt or something, or he gets captured. Linguini has to cook on his own, and oh, he realizes he realizes like, oh, all this muscle memory and practice and repetition has actually made me like know what I'm doing. Right. And then he gives credit to Remy, and then like there's still some sort of rats can be people too. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I think I think it. Uh, a big failing of this movie is it's sort of unsure of who the main character is. They kind of try to like share it between Linguini and Remy, where I think if they chose one or the other, it'd be easier to accept like, oh, Remy's cooking because he wants to be the one cooking, so that's why he's doing everything. Or if they made Linguini the main character, he'd get to you know, have that arc of like, no, I'm unteachable, I can't learn, and then eventually he does learn, and he's the one that wins, but I think because they try to share it, it's like sort of hard to like parse out some of the stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think they did the best they could with the concept, right? No, yeah. I, like, no, not. I disagree. <laughs> I think with this concept, I can make three brand new movies uh, that are better. Um... Hey, let me put you one more since right. we're here. Okay. okay. <laughs> 
Um, Tell you why it won't work. I'm a huge fan of introduce it in the first act and really push it home in the final act. In the final act, Ego, the critic, is given Ratatouille. Completely out of the blue, he solves Ego's problem by giving him a homemade meal that triggers his memories of being home and enjoying just a home-cooked meal. If that's going to be the punchline or the conclusion, there needs to be a homemade versus like authentic food versus fine dining. versus fine dining mm-hmm. theme across the board so that that final conclusion could like hit harder for me. Right, you don't know why he made ratatouille. And neither does Remy. Because he he's a because he's a rat, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that is sort of a, he felt it, and that's what you're supposed to do with food, according to the movie. Is it's a it's a food is like a, an art, and so Remy just went with his his chef sense. Right. Uh, I didn't realize I had such strong opinions until <laughs> <laughs> until you guys disagreed with me. Neither did I. <laughs> Um, I thought I was like, yeah, we'll come in and talk about how much we love the movie for 15 minutes. And then Alex was like, yeah, it, it was not a fan. <laughs> I mean, it, it was boring at points. For, for I mean, me. hey, it's no Incredibles. Let's be honest. But it's also no good dinosaur. So that's... <laughs> there we go. Yeah. It's right. It turns out Ratatouille is not other movies. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a different movie? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, tune in for the second half where we uh, talk about some polarizing food debates that we're going to have. Yeah. Fellas, are you getting to that age where, you know, you might want to fool around, but physically you just can't anymore? I'm sure you've heard of prescribed medications like Viagra and Cialis. Or even non-prescribed medications like Blue Chew. Well, we have come up with something even faster activating than Blue Chew. Red Gusher. Red Gusher has a liquid center, so it is even faster acting than the chewable Blue Chew. So fast acting that four out of five doctors claim that it's dangerous to use. And because it's so fast acting, it will only only work for two to three minutes. If erections persist for longer than four minutes, please consult a doctor. Red Gusher. Go to your local CVS today. <laughs> boy, oh boy, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to go out and purchase those goods or services. Yum, yum. It does work like I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Alex, you pitched this idea uh, to discuss if we eat to live or live to eat. And I think that is an excellent question. Yeah, I think it'll really get us into our, our big topic that yeah. everyone's been waiting to hear about. Yeah, uh, I'm willing to start. I eat to live. I don't really care about food too much. But what does that mean? You, you don't care about food that much. Um, you don't care what it tastes like? Like, I, I care if food tastes bad, um, but I don't, like, go out of my way to make sure food tastes really good before I consume it. I can eat food cold. I can 
eat food lukewarm when it's not supposed to be. Like, I sort of just consume so that I don't die. Uh, I'd say I, I live to eat then, because I, I, you know, like food. I like going out and trying new stuff. I also like comparing different foods, so I think that's a big factor. Like being like, oh, this place's mm-hmm. uh, pulled pork is better than this place's, or oh, if I put this in the oven and keep it there for like thirty-five minutes instead of thirty, like it's better. So, yeah, I don't do any of that. Yeah, uh, man, I'm gonna sneak in the middle of both of you, <laughs> and, yes, and get a little bit of both there because there's definitely a balance between what you're eating and if you're enjoying what you're eating. And uh, if that's what, if you have that type of diet where you prepare your own food every single day, or if you have the type of diet where you go out and eat all the time, it's definitely gonna influence what you think. But uh, I I like to cook most of my food, so I'm gonna make it so that it tastes good for me. But having said that, I do eat things that are more healthy, so then sometimes I gotta do more to make it taste good, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. There's a condition that exists of people who lose their sense of smell and thus lose their sense of taste. And they lose their palate. Those types of people go in two very extreme directions. Either they eat really healthily because everything tastes the same anyway, and so they sort of just get used to the <laughs> flavor. Like yeah. <laughs> or people eat, like non-edible things like sand and like paper because the texture is now like the only thing that they're Mm. experiencing yeah they can feel and Mm -hmm. so and it goes in like completely opposite directions of super healthy to how are you alive that's really funny uh where i used to get my hair cut it was like a grandfather grandson or uncle uncle nephew type of thing and the old guy has something where he can't taste. So he's like, the only way I can feel something is I put salt on it, and I feel the grains of salt on it. Huh. But it's not necessarily healthy because you're yeah. adding more salt to it. Mm. But he had the same predicament. Uh, hopefully, maybe if you use like Himalayan hot salts, there's like bigger texture. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but today's topic is even bigger than that. It's more polarizing <laughs> than whether or not you would eat garbage for the sake of texture. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would. <laughs> like the raccoons from the Geico commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Just try it. It's like burnt hair and toothpaste. You know what I haven't enjoyed? This whole theme of Geico sequels. Where, like, yeah. they've had different storylines and now it's, it's like... because they don't have anything else to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's... Progressive does it, too. They don't know they're recycling their shit. Every insurance commercial is in, like, a contest to see who can come up with the most batshit commercial. Yeah. Like, Progressive's like, oh, I see your raccoons, <laughs> Geico, <laughs> and I'll raise you a theme park. <laughs> that nobody goes to. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Geico commercial. I know I just said we were gonna start, but now that we're talking about it, my favorite Geico commercial is definitely so easy a caveman can do it. And, and then, then they cave- it everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and the caveman's like, <laughs> not cool, dude. Not cool. He's like the yeah, blue Michael really dude. Like that. <laughs> uh, That's a good one. Okay, I'm sorry. It's so okay. we can just um, talk about the caveman. <laughs> it does. Even I, I a bet it's polarizing. Could, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. What? 
Anyway. All right, we did uh, it. We did it, folks. <laughs> I'm going to start with what I consider the most polarizing because I bring it up as often as possible. So it mm-hmm. polarizes me from strangers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's, is a hot dog a sandwich? I say that, yes, a hot dog is a sandwich. I also say that a hot dog is a sandwich. I would say it's a sandwich. Oh, man, man. there's no debate here. Uh, We really should have previewed these then. Um, Yeah, we should have gotten some, like, arguments for both sides. I mean, it has a bun. Put stuff in the bun in the sandwich. I mean, there is arguments against it. Yeah, like, I I recognize why people are wrong. It's one piece of bread. It's not two. (laughs) Yeah. But then you rip it by accident. Now which, it's a sandwich. Which I think is the biggest <laughs> pro-sandwich argument. You it's know? like, well, what if the bun breaks and then you have to hold it? Right, and then, and then it does become a sandwich. Because, uh, I mean, if we were talking about subs and hoagies before, sometimes you don't cut the whole hoagie in half. Mm-hmm. You cut it yeah. You cut it, and then leave the back end, kind of like the spine. and yeah. stuff So it that, doesn't fall out. Stuff yeah. that bad boy. So is it a sandwich? Or is it a hot dog? <laughs> or is it a hot dog bun? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I think I think that's why this is so polarizing because I feel like people are including the bun in the hot dog because buns are so uh, ubiquitous to the hot dog eating experience. But right. the hot dog is the meat. It's the actual meat, right? <laughs> so then, <laughs> like, if you people can eat are hot like, dogs a thousand ways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is ham a sandwich? Well, well, no, it's just an ingredient. Uh, then why is hot dog a sandwich? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I I recognize the belief that a hot dog is sort of like a unique situation mm-hmm. but i but is am, it I, a unique situation I, well that's the thing i'm <laughs> under the belief as a mathematician uh that things should be categorized sort of down a certain pyramid type of situation i'm thinking specifically of trapezoids uh i'm sure when you guys went to school you learned about quadrilaterals and their categories, like our squares, rectangles, our rectangle squares, and they sort of went down a line of more specificity. Squares are rectangle. Rectangle is not a square. Or not always. It's like rectangles are not always squares, but right. squares are always rectangles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some odd reason, trapezoid was off to the side. Like rather than how it many sides being is a trapezoid? It's still a quadrilateral, so it still has four sides. Um, but the issue was when we were in elementary school, trapezoids were taught to be quadrilaterals with one pair of parallel lines. Now it's been redefined as at least one pair of parallel lines so that it continues the line of, okay, so that means a parallelogram is a trapezoid. That means... So it's a square trapezoid too? Yes. And a rectangle? Yep. So a square is a rectangle and a parallelogram and a trapezoid. But none of those are always squares. Right. Squares, squares are so perfect. Squares, yeah. squares are the best shape. Yeah, I don't um, get why it's an insult to be a square. Yeah. But really... I'm the strongest structure in <laughs> nature. Uh, That's triangle, actually. Is it? I thought... I heard that, and someone was like, that can't be true. And I was like, I don't know who to believe. <laughs> but it is, uh, a, it is a triangle. Architecturally, triangles are okay. strong. All right. I believe it. Yeah. I think it's I'm very the... easily swayed on how strong <laughs> shapes are. <laughs> By next episode, you'll be yeah. like, I heard uh, it's circles. So, there it you might, go. It might be circles. <laughs> Oh, it might be circles? Okay, it's circles then. It's just... 
<laughs> the infinite circle. So, uh, to 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 wrap up this uh, specific metaphor, I think hot dog is the trapezoid, uh, all the way at the bottom, where like it's at least one piece of bread. Mm-hmm. Like there's open faced sandwiches, two and if you of bread. It, yeah, it's two yeah. pieces of bread, but like let's say you eat the first half, is now the other half not a sandwich? It's an open faced mm-hmm. sandwich. <laughs> All right. There you have it. And how about bao buns? Do you know what a bao bun is? I don't. No. I'm ready to hear about it. It's Asian. Mm, okay, I think it's like it's like fluffy, mm-hmm. and you stuff it with uh, like maki, which is like the like a crabby slaw or duck or chicken or pork, and mm-hmm. that's one piece of bread. It's very mm. doughy. It's very fluffy. Yeah. It's almost like a baked And that dumpling. one, that one you can't really tear apart. That one will not become a sandwich into two pieces. All right. Do you guys think Pop-Tarts are sandwiches? No. Pop-Tarts are pastry. So pastries can't be sandwiches? What about an ice cream sandwich? I would argue that's not a pastry. But it's then that's cream. a whole nother oh, you're right. Oh, no, you're right. That is a, a dessert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say that the bread that's used for an ice cream sandwich right. is a pastry. Right. It's a cookie. Yeah. So. So is an ice cream sandwich so, uh, a sandwich? I'd say, yeah, I'd say an ice cream sandwich is a sandwich. Would be a sandwich. Yeah. Okay. So what stops the Pop-Tart from being a sandwich? So the Pop-Tart's a ravioli a because it's, it's, it's baked. It's like baked. So I guess the bun would be more like a ravioli than it would be a sandwich because it's like surrounded on all sides. Right, but the Pop-Tart comes as is. You're not building a Pop-Tart. You're getting the flavor. Oh, so do you think the building is part of it being sandwich? a sandwich? Yeah. Oh, this is a whole oh, new category. Okay. Yeah. okay, I'm willing to get behind this. Pop-Tart, yeah, Pop-Tart, Pop-Tart, toaster strudel, basically the same thing. All you gotta do is... Yeah, but someone puts it in. So, like, when you yeah, get a pre-made sandwich... It's like saying, it's like saying, uh, um, Tres Leches Cake. It's a uh, pop tart is more of a baked good than anything else. Right, and I, and I completely agree with you. I'm I'm wondering, can baked is goods a hot be pocket a sandwich? sandwich? Some people argue yes. <laughs> I think I think the component parts is important. Like you can't really remove the filling from a pop tart, right. but you can take things out of your sandwich. Right. Mm, okay. Okay. So let's say you have a meatball sub. Okay. And you take out all the meatballs, but like the sauce is still all like it's been absorbed by the bread. Sure. So like that ingredient is still in there. Like that is, but I wouldn't right. say that's a sandwich. You wouldn't say a meatball parm or. Yeah, meatball. You wouldn't say a marinara sauce sandwich. Oh, like without without the meatballs, no meatballs, no cheese, just just the sauce on it. I would not say it's a sandwich. That's like dip. Like if you dip bread in sauce, is that a sandwich now? Wow, I did not think we were gonna get so deep on this. This is crazy, but I'm into it. I'm into it. (laughs) I I love defining things, but I don't actually think it matters. But oh I think, yeah, but I think it's fun. I think it's yeah. like, well, let's let's really get to the bottom of this definition. <laughs> well, a lot of these on the internet, we have a whole list of these different debates. A lot of these on the internet tend to be people who are like very steadfast in their belief, and then the other group that doesn't care. But because the first group is so strongly opinionated, it's the easily, second group yeah. is like, well, it, now I have to. It's easy to be the opposition. <laughs> yeah. Right? And be the devil's devil's advocate. So I I don't know. I think because the so, thing is, you could make a sandwich out of anything. 
right? Yeah. It is, it's the components that make a sandwich a sandwich. Because well, if we grab two Pop-Tarts... Yeah. And we put a third Pop-Tart in the middle. <laughs> that's a Pop-Tart that's sandwich. That's a Pop-Tart sandwich. Um, so th- Instead of using bread, use Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two things on that. One, there, there is an alignment chart of like having to do with whether you think this is a sandwich. Oh, and yeah. it's like ingredients... Uh, are ingredients important to you? Is the structural integrity important mm, to you? Right. And so on. So, like, it categorizes as far down as, like, if you don't think the structure is important, then a taco can be considered a sandwich, even if you think uh, the ingredients are important. Right. Um, but the second thing that I like to talk about is when people say something is a blank sandwich, they're naming the sandwich after the bread. Even yeah. though all sandwiches are named after the meat. <laughs> yeah, I uh, in my youth group. <laughs> so uh, so in my youth group, uh, there was another kid named Joe, and then our youth minister was Joe, and we were all sitting next to That's each other. That's three Joes. That's three Joes, and someone said it's a Joe sandwich, and then someone else responded, "It's just Joe bread." It's just all Joe bread, and so that's <laughs> so. That, yeah, that's what. Yeah, you're if, like at. yeah. If there's two Alexes and someone's standing between us, are we an Alex sandwich? Well, you're no, that's the, the loaf. bread. We're just yeah, the you're bread. Right. <laughs> We're nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, you gotta name what's in the middle, because it's like a ham sandwich. Wait, but when have you had a? I still don't understand what you guys are trying to say. So we're saying like when people say like that's a blank like how you said that's a pop tart sandwich Mm -hmm. if you put pop tart and then you put jelly on it and then you put a pop tart on it Mm -hmm. that's not a pop tart sandwich that's a jelly sandwich with pop tart bread because you don't name sandwiches after the bread like if you have white bread and then like turkey and cheese and lettuce and then white bread yeah you wouldn't say that's a white bread sandwich (laughs) right a grilled cheese is a grilled cheese it's not a grilled bread (laughs) uh that's all i wanted to point out (laughs) but i will say i never uh i never really understood when i was mansplaining until this episode like i feel very (laughs) (laughs) can you mansplain to other men i feel like part of the definition I guess you can, but I, I, I think part of the definition <laughs> would be towards. <laughs> I'm trying towards to say women. I feel like I'm very aggressive <laughs> when explaining these different concepts. So, how many ingredients, or what type of ingredients, do you need for a sandwich to become a sandwich? Like, can you have a peanut butter sandwich where it's just peanut butter? Absolutely. Can you have a ketchup sandwich where it's just ketchup? Ooh. Or, so you're saying. Bread, ketchup, bread. bread yeah. Peanut butter, bread. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what about what about bread sauce, bread, which but is the example of the meatball. But that was a parm- different type of bread. There's only one piece of bread in that. <laughs> that's why. That's why. That's why we were debating it. <laughs> yes, but then eventually got to the point where when we took the meatballs out, <laughs> Joe was saying that it's not a sandwich because there's just sauce on it. So All now right. I'm wondering what types of ingredients count as count as like substantial n- enough to make it a sandwich. I think I think the fact that the bread was hollow made him think <laughs> that the, it was it wasn't filled. Don't speak for Joe, he's right here. <laughs> it was cuz the bread was hollow though. <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat air. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, I also did not expect this question to take this long, even though I said it's the most controversial question. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to move on. Are you ready to move now on? Now I see how it's so controversial well, we didn't because I didn't, I didn't consider all the different nuances <laughs> in what is a sandwich and what is not. Uh, okay, let's hit a conclusive point. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. I think we said yes. Yes. So we answered that question. All that right. sounds I like think we, we answered that at the beginning. We, conclu- yeah. <laughs> we concluded something. We didn't pinpoint the yeah. definition of a sandwich. That's what happened. Right. All right. Next topic. Wait, is a cheeseburger a sandwich? I think so. I'd say so, yeah. And that's a bun, but a two piece bun. My conflict was never <laughs> the fact that it was one or two pieces. <laughs> I, I think a burger is a sandwich. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm down with it. Although, again, burger is just the, the patty, so <laughs> whatever. Okay, I'm ready to move on. So this next one, uh, I think, is uh, second only to is a hot dog a sandwich. Um, should pineapple be on pizza? Yes. Not if there's sauce. Uh, I'm going to say no, but I'm also willing to just say that I don't like it. <laughs> like, I don't... Oh, How I many see. times have you tried it? Once, and I was like, you know what? That's enough for me. And do you not like pineapple, or do you not like pineapple on pizza? I don't like pineapple on pizza, and I think, but it might be the sauce It's 100% the sauce. Yeah, so maybe I just need to give it another go. Because it it clashes. Yeah. Because you have two acidities, two different types of of sweetness that are also acid, and they clash. Mm. When I said yes, I also was thinking specifically... With no sauce. Yeah. Uh, okay. For me, growing up, the Hawaiian pizza was designed as no sauce pineapple. <laughs> Colombian um, friendly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I heard that this was a debate, mm-hmm. like once upon a time, 10 years ago, I was like, what? But that's <laughs> like, like literally every time my family ordered pizza, at least one of the pies had to yeah, be it Hawaiian. Had to really? be. It had yeah. to be. It had to be. <laughs> And it blew my mind that some people didn't like mm-hmm. it. Right. And then I heard about the sauce. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, well, that's might be. Yeah, so when I so how I understood Hawaiian pizza and like how I've seen it at pizza shops is it's just a regular pizza that they then put pineapple and ham on. Nah. And I, I people right. people so have said trick, you get this sweet well, and savory. So the trick Let me break it for down a for Hawaiian you. pizza, in my opinion, would be adding a little of uh, herb ricotta mm. on the bottom mm. as your cheese. sauce. Yeah. Boom, boom. So like a white pizza with pineapple on it. Yeah, pineapple and, and, ham. and ham on yeah. it. And ham. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because people have have said like, oh, you get like the sweet and savory, mm-hmm. but like I I didn't know how to put into words like the clashing of the sauce and the of, pineapple. Yeah, because they're right, they're, they're different sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if if you believe pineapple shouldn't be on pizza, consider trying a pizza, no sauce, put some ricotta cheese herb thing that mm-hmm. you mentioned. What kind of regular cheese? Mozzarella. 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 And then pineapple and ham. Mm-hmm. Okay, I f- I feel like a new man now because like, so sort of you how feel like you can go try it by yourself. Exactly, like so and then so... spit it out by yourself <laughs> and be like they were wrong. <laughs> Those so, damn Colombians. So I think we started this segment where I, I said you know one one party is so deep in their belief, the other party like also has to be deep in their belief. So because I didn't know about this this trick, 
Yeah. I was like, no, you can't put pineapple on pizza. <laughs> Omit the sauce. I've yeah, converted but, a few people. Okay. Yeah, you might have just converted me too. And I'm I'm ready to uh accept whole, pineapple as my Lord and Savior. What other types of pizza doesn't get sauce on it though? Um, like a white, just a white yeah, pizza. Yeah, a white pizza. They often make like spinach and tomato pizza. Yeah, or they, like a pesto. And they, they yeah, put the pesto yeah, on the bottom maybe. The sauce. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, yeah, a lot of the specialty pizzas too. Like right. a, like some places, like a buffalo chicken pizza will yeah, not get no red sauce. sauce on there. Yeah, or um, chicken bacon ranch. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Okay. Ooh, does ranch belong on pizza? That's controversial uh, somewhere. Uh, one trillion percent, it does. I say it does. I worked at a restaurant where the owner refuses to put on the ranch and mm-hmm. puts it separately for a chicken bacon ranch pizza. Oh. He he provides the ranch separately. And yeah. I'm like, you really? Like- <laughs> <laughs> You're already accepting that they're going to put it on there. Yeah. I don't know. I think pizza pizza's way too open-ended to confine it to any type of, uh, what's it called? Rules? Yeah, the so papadilla. Here's yeah, no, no, no. I'm wondering. <laughs> oh, when, that's when, why I saw when you do that. I saw the papadilla right away. I'm wondering when you fold a pizza in half, does it become a sandwich? Oh my god, <laughs> what rabbit hole have we got down? Is a is a calzone a sandwich? Is a stromboli a sandwich? E- I'd say a stromboli is more a sandwich than a calzone is. But the thing is, they're all baked in together. Yeah, but. For some reason, a calzone to put, me is in... You don't put in... a calzone or a, or a stromboli together afterwards. That's you true. You put all your ingredients together, those raw, everything mm-hmm. else is raw, you put it in the oven, and then you're done with, with your thing, with your sandwich, which is not a sandwich, with your stromboli. Is a stromboli a burrito? <laughs> <laughs> so is is a... it a pierogi? You know? Is a burrito a sandwich? It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yeah, I'd say. And it's wraps a... are not sandwiches. I would say no. Ra- wraps I would are not s- sandwiches. I would say a wrap is uh, like a rectangle square thing. Like a wrap, like. Nah, wraps not a sandwich. Wraps a wrap. I'd say a wrap. It like if wraps a wrap. You're not gonna get a wrap with bread. You're not gonna get a sandwich with with a wrap. But like if if a like a let's say like a menu had like a sandwich section and there were wraps on there, I'd be like, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of like. They're close enough it cousins. It would be a sandwich wrap station. It's definitely, it's yeah. definitely yeah, yeah. The, the ingredients are so similar. Yeah. Like, I've seen menus that have sandwich, paninis, wraps as completely separate categories. Right. Yeah. But I'm at least willing to argue that paninis yeah. are sandwiches. Paninis are 100%, 100% sandwiches. Sandwich. But they can categorize them as separate because yeah. of the specific way that they're made. Right. He's going to get... So gonna get the same could the... happen with wraps. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to argue as hard that wraps are sandwiches, no, but I'm totally wrap. willing to understand that people believe it, and I'd I, be yeah. like, yeah, okay. I, well, the thing, you can't make any sandwich into a wrap. Yeah, yeah, just like flatten the the white bread and and like roll it up. <laughs> no, but I'm weird. saying use use, <laughs> use a wrap instead of the the sandwich bread. Have you? Oh no, like I think if we were going to go th- go back to the meatball sub, you can't put mm-hmm. a meatball sub in a wrap. You can. You can eat it like that, but it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You're going to put it in a tortilla. That's not going to work. Okay, but you can... There's Philly cheesesteak wraps. And, right, but then it's a wrap. It's not a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. I think the ingredients are so transferable that just changing the outer layer or the layer that contains the ingredients is not enough for me to redefine it as a whole thing. But I'm also... 
not that adamant about it. So I'm willing, <laughs> yeah. eat, because we went back to sandwich accidentally. There's <laughs> a thousand types of bread, thousand types of wraps. Yeah. <laughs> Next question, are boneless wings wings? No. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. Ah, oh, you guys. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Please do. Because then we got to go back to the definition of what the hell is a wing. Yeah, put me in my place, man. Okay. Is just the wing the wing? Because when you order wings, you get the, the, the thigh, too. You get the little drumstick. You get little drumsticks, and you get little wings. So are we categorizing the entree as wings, or are we going to take that one wing and eat only the wing and leave the you know what I mean because the thigh the thigh isn't the wing but we eat them as wings so something that doesn't have a bone in it we already defined that it's wings now they're just taking the bones out no what part of the the wing do you think is get served in wings the literal wing and then the the chicken the chicken uh no how's it not no have you ever it's it's uh it's like the the little like curvy part, right? And then there's the piece with the two bones. That's the actual wing. Yeah, and then there's one more piece. That's the drumstick looking one that gets served. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all connected. I don't think it is. Because no, I, I, I break rotisserie chickens up apart all the time. I love them so much. And it's all connected. Because it's the same animal. No, no, no. I, <laughs> yeah, in that sense, it's connected, but it's physically right. Con- we should look this up before we continue. <laughs> oh, you're right. I'll be damned. You're right, Alex. The drumette is the portion of the wing that is attached to the main part of the chicken. Oh, shit. It is called the drumette because it's shaped like the chicken leg, which is called the drumstick, the wing. The world seems so simple before right now. In the middle because of the, like, some joints and cartilage. Do you have another reason for it to be, yes, it's still considered wings? Yes. Yes. Oh, come on, you guys. <laughs> so I understand that they're not literally wings, and, like, people have said, like, they're just chicken nuggets, which, fair, that's totally what they are. But I think the wing is more so about, like, the sauces that go on it. And so because you can get boneless wings, like buffalo, or uh, that was enough examples. You can get, like, buffalo. <laughs> oh, here, I got you. <laughs> Barbecue, teriyaki, chicken, I'm um, sorry. Uh, Lemon pepper. Garlic, parmesan. That was the one I was trying to think of, and then I was like, can't think of Pepto-bismol. it. Oh, well, I'll just bail. <laughs> Pepto-bismol. Boom, Pepto-bismol. Um, and so that's why I'm at least willing to just call them wings like i think to say like can i get buffalo chicken bits is like silly just call them wings it's fine whatever uh i think that boneless wings are so much closer to chicken strips or like uh chicken Chicken tenders or Mm -hmm. chicken tenders and you can easily order buffalo chicken tenders people do it all the time and a bunch of restaurants advertise them as that so can't you continue in that path and get uh, garlic parmesan chicken tenders and blah, 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 chicken tenders rather than wings? But I do recognize the association mm-hmm. of these are the wing sauces, but some people don't actually like wings, so we'll give you mm-hmm. another part of the chicken. Do we know if we ate fried chicken like this before buffalo sauce? I would assume so, because people still eat just regular fried chicken. Yeah. But, like, big... KFC type style, no? 
Yeah, but like you can have like a rotisserie chicken barbecue flavored and a rotisserie a whole rotisserie chicken like lemon zest flavor. And right, you're not going to consider that a wing. I guess I didn't understand the question. Like I think chicken wings became popular because of the sauce. Yeah. Right? That came from Buffalo. At that restaurant bar wherever they came up with the sauce. Now chicken wings are super popular. So from then on that dish is chicken wings. Oh. So it's like an origin story. Yeah. <laughs> right. You got to know where it came from to see, you know, to see if we can find the definition. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, since I don't know the origin, I'm sticking with my no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with yes because Yeah, definitely. You know, just I, like I would I say that the, the sauces would make the wings. But you bring up a compelling argument about like if you get like buffalo chicken tenders, you're still calling them chicken tenders. So mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a toss up. But yeah, I, I totally get us sticking to our guns though. I yeah. Mean, at a certain point, it just becomes my personal yeah, opinion. Yeah, world's not gonna end. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Our view, our listeners might be upset. <laughs> Have you guys been watching the news? <laughs> it's already over. <laughs> Um, we do have a lot of other questions that we want to get into, but I think we spent a lot of time on this episode. So let's just bang a few out. Yeah. Should beans go in chili? Yes. Sure. Yes. Oh, that was easy. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you store ketchup in the fridge or uh, in the pantry? I store it in the fridge after I opened it. I don't consume ketchup. I don't consume ketchup either, but uh, I think it should be in the fridge. All right. Uh, cereal and milk, what order? Uh, cereal first. I do. I do milk first. I also do cereal first. And I do want to. I'm willing to do this for a, a hot second. <laughs> yeah. I put in the milk um, to know how much milk you have left. <laughs> to know how much milk I have left, which was a huge problem growing mm. up with two older brothers. Um, but also, use too much milk. <laughs> keeping the cereal from getting too soggy, I put a little bit of cereal. Eat it. Put a little bit of cereal. Eat it. And that's, like, my way of not getting soggy cereal at the end. Do you have the roof of your mouth lined with aluminum or something? (laughs) I just... You like your your cereal as hard as I can get it, please. (laughs) I built a uh, strong roof (laughs) of mouth by training with Cap'n Crunch. Yeah. Just, like, eating one piece at a time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. You should join the army. Um, For me, it's it's just because I want to know how much cereal I'm getting and I want to fill the bowl with cereal uh, and then I'll just you know add the milk in uh, but also yeah I despite the name I want my Cap'n Crunch to be a little bit soft because I don't want to hurt my mouth yeah you don't want to cut your mouth up like that but the crunch <laughs> it's still there yeah. yeah okay fine that's just his name <laughs> oh I see <laughs> alright and then last one brownie piece which piece do you guys go for middle I go for middle I was gonna say middle too. Yeah, so yeah. none of us are edge or corners. No. I like the edge. I, th- I like the middle. I don't know. Yeah, like a brownie's a brownie, but I do love like the most. Uh, I'm sorry, listeners. The most moist piece I can get, and that's <laughs> always the middle. Mm. Yeah, I think people who like the corner are sociopaths, mm-hmm. um, and I know those people personally, and they are. I will say, uh, just to wrap up for. Sicilian pizza, corner slice, though. Never the middle. Never the middle. Yeah. So the opposite. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please tune in next time when we talk about The Irishman. If you liked us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at 2 underscore bald men, and find us on Facebook and at 
twobaldmenpodcast.com. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you all again. And if you were driving, we hope you got to your destination safely and on time.